0: Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast. My name is James and I'm the pastor here at Sar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain and this is our midweek audio-only Bible teaching. We have been working through God's Word one chapter a week and today we get to Numbers chapter 4. Now as we say each and every week, if you've never read this, if you've no idea what... The book of numbers is about Uh, you can listen to our introduction if you've never read numbers four if you've not read it in a long time go ahead and press pause and read it and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in the word so so far in the book of numbers we've had a few censuses we've seen lots of organization Uh, We've talked about the priests, the Levites, the sons of Aaron, the warriors, the arrangement of the camp. Uh, We've talked about a few different things, and the organization kind of crescendos a little bit today. It gets so uh, detailed, yet there is such a purpose to it. Uh, Anyway, so let's jump in, and we will see. So Numbers 4 begins with the Lord speaking to Moses and Aaron and he says, Take a census of the sons of Kohath from among the sons of Levi, by their clans and their father's house, from 30 years old up to 50 years old, all who can come on duty to do the work of the tent of meeting. So if you flick back a page in your Bible to Numbers chapter 3, uh, verses 27 and 28, you're going to see uh, the sons of Kohath, uh, the to Kohath belonged the clan of the Amramites, and the clan of the Izharites and the clan of the Hebronites, and the clan of the Uzalites, and so he, Kohath, uh, is one of the sons of Levi, and he's not listed first, so he's not the oldest, which in this place at this time was the most prestigious, uh, but he was responsible. Uh, their guard duty involved the ark, the table, the lamps, and the altars, the vessels of the sanctuary with which the priest minister and screen all the service connected with these. We flick forward. Duties of the Kohathites, and they're now uh, listed first. Uh, so we've had a little bit of we're a little bit out of order with how things would typically have gone. But I think we see that so many times in Scripture, don't we? Where we culturally expect one thing uh, and then we read of another. Um, it's a really good reminder to us that God doesn't always follow what we would consider to be cultural norms. I think about, uh, it's in particular, the, this firstborn son, Uh in, out of order, I think about Isaac over Ishmael, Jacob over Esau, Joseph over Reuben, Moses over Aaron, David over his brothers, Uh, it's a really good reminder to us right off the bat that God doesn't always follow the cultural expectations and we read that these guys are going to be listed from 30 to 50 years old, now if you go a couple of chapters forward, chapter 8, uh, verse twenty-four, we're gonna see that the um duty for the Levites was between the ages of thirty, sorry, twenty-five uh and fifty, and after twenty-five you were kind of relieved of your priestly ministerial uh duties. Um it's kind of extra biblical Jewish tradition from this time and in this place said that um, the first five years of your service, so 25 to 30, was training. You were kind of attached to an older, more experienced minister. Uh, and then your prime years for service were 30 to 50, uh, after which you were relieved of those duties. Because let's not forget, as we'll talk about in a moment, A lot of priestly ministerial work in this place at this time was immensely physical. Uh, So after 50 years old, uh, these guys were relieved of those very public uh, duties. So we get this command to list all the guys from 30 to 50. And we read in verse 4, This is the service of the sons of Kohath in the tent of meeting the most holy things. When the camp is set out, Aaron and his sons are going to break it all down. And we get a really detailed list of what's broken down. And then down in verse 15, after that, after the breaking down of all these very uh, holy particular things. After that, the sons of Kohath shall come to carry these, but they must not touch the holy things lest they die. These are the things of the tent of meeting that the sons of Kohath are to carry. So their service, it kind of begins in verse 4 and picks up again in verse 15. Essentially, they're going to carry all of the furnishings, the most important, the holiest bits of this movable temple tent, the tabernacle. The sons of Kohath, the guys between the ages of 30 to 50, are going to carry these things uh, and then some of the furnishings some of these uh, articles from the tabernacle we read in verse 16 uh, Eliezer the son of Aaron the priest shall have charge of the oil for the light the fragrant incense and the regular grain offering the anointing oil with the oversight of the whole tabernacle and all that is in it the sanctuary and its vessels uh, so the Kohathites are going to carry vast majority uh, of things uh, but it's going to be supervised uh, by somebody from uh, the sons of Aaron Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest shall have charge of this and this and this after the Kohathites we see the same again in verse 21 22 23 from the sons of Gershon again it's 30 to 50 And uh, we see in verse 24 this is the service of the clans of the Gershonites in serving and bearing the burden. So this is what this group of people is going to do. They shall carry the curtains of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting with its covering and the covering of goatskin that is on top of it. And the screen for the entrance of the tent of meeting, the hangings of the court, screen for the entrance of the gate of the court that is around the tabernacle and the altar and their cords, all the equipment for their service. They shall do all that needs to be done with regard to them. So very, very simply, the sons of Gershon, the Gershonites, are going to be responsible. When everything's packed up to move on, they are going to carry all of the coverings. Verse 29 tells us about the sons of Merari. Again, it's men between 30 to 50. Verse 31 tells us that this is what they are charged to carry as the whole of their service in the tent of meeting. This is their particular task, this is their ministry this is their charge the frames of the tabernacle with its bars pillars, bases, the pillars around the court with their bases, pegs and cords with all their equipment and their accessories now again we said about um, it's men between 30 and 50 why is that? well, conservative estimates Uh, would say that the the estimated weight of the tabernacle, all of the things that we've just listed off, uh, came to between eight and nine tons. And so we need people to carry that that are physically able uh, to carry that. And I think it's really interesting, we also see uh, the end of verse 32, you shall list by name the objects that they were Required To carry It's so Particular it, is, it has to be so Organized There's so much Of this stuff And it is so Very heavy The level of Organization Needed is that Each person Each thing Is going to be Accounted For I read this week That Because of that, because there was so much stuff, because it was so heavy and important, each Merorite was responsible for one particular thing, so that none of them would be lost. If everybody's got their charge, if everybody's got their responsibility, and everybody takes care of their responsibility, nothing uh, is going to get left out. Then between verses 34 and the end of the chapter, it's uh, a summary, it's the final count uh, according to their families, and then the last verse is uh, is so good. It helps bring Numbers chapter four into our lives uh, right now, and it does that by showing us that there is a huge unity among the services of God's people. We're all going to work together to move. All of this stuff from A to B. There's a huge unity, but there is not uniformity. Like we've just said with the mirror rights, everybody had their own individual charge, their ministry, their area of responsibility. No one family, no one group could do all of the work, but all of the work needed doing. So the goal and the task is very unified, but there isn't uniformity in there. They're all dependent on one another to get the job done. And Charles Spurgeon said about this, that is worthy of note that these Levites, although they were all equally consecrated to God, had not all exactly the same work to perform. God is not the God of all uniformity. There is a wondrous unity of plan and design in all that he does, but there is also an equally marvelous variety. So the goal, the task is one, we are unified, we've got the same objectives, but we're all bringing something kind of different to the table. And how does that look in our lives now? Well, Paul, writing to the Corinthians, talks about the church nowadays, the gathering of believers that we are all, hopefully, a part of. Uh, at least on a weekly basis Uh, he talks about the church being like a human body loads of different parts, different jobs but coming together to achieve a unified objective some of the body parts are very visible, some less so some are uh, very big some are very small, but they are all essential and they're all part of the same body. So, for you and for me, Numbers chapter 4, at first glance, is just another census of another group of people doing something in another place at another time. But actually, it speaks to the wonderful unity, not uniformity, that we experience as God's people. Everybody has a place, everybody has a job, everybody. Uh, has something to contribute to their community of believers it might be so different to those around you which is actually a great thing everybody's got a place everybody's got a job we're all unified in why we're doing it but there is, as Charles Spurgeon said a marvellous variety there's not uniformity uh, in some of the specifics Next week then, we are starting to move away now from census counts, from organisational details, and uh, we're going to get into some more of the nitty-gritty of the book of numbers. So until then, God bless.